All right, everyone, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. We've got the full crew in here today. We appreciate you joining us, and um, we're going to talk about some things here in just a little bit that's on my mind. And hopefully you guys will join in. Uh, Team PT this morning was good. I'm pretty daggone tired after that. I mean, I'm pretty tired. That swimming, swimming will wear you down. How does it feel that every time you see me again, you know, usually we go a few days without seeing each other. How does it feel that every time you see me again, the gap widens between my fitness and yours? How does that feel? Well, I could have beat you easily today. but How I, does that make you feel? I could have easily beat you today, but okay. I was actually uh, being a team player today. I would just like to ask how that makes you feel. Wait, now, I will say you're tuned up. You're, you are more well-balanced in terms of fitness than I've ever seen you in my life. You've got good strength. Uh, you've got good speed. As far as I can tell, you've got good endurance, although you are very afraid to do an 18-mile ruck march, which makes me question because we have I'm not afraid. Do you want to do it tomorrow? Yeah, I would love to do it tomorrow. Mm, not next Thursday. I didn't bring my stuff. <laughs> he keeps putting it off. <laughs> you don't need anything. We have the rucks, and, oh. and I'll go buy the sandbags today. Well, see, you ain't bought the sandbags. I can't. Yeah, I, I, can, sta- I, can. I can't stay tonight. I'll do it next week. Yeah. So you're you're pretty well rounded right now. I'm I'm really proud of you. He for thinks he's got me beating in endurance. Good gosh. But well, that's usually what you're last in. <laughs> that's when I have beat Chili in in ultra running. It's been in endurance. So when I beat him at the what? at the mid state mile, the last man standing, that's all about endurance. It takes speed completely out of the equation. And so that's where I beat him. I'm trying to think, have I ever beat you? That's the only race I've sanctioned race I've ever beat you at, right? Well yeah, we've only done two. Well yeah, man. We haven't we gotta do the tiebreaker. What do you wanna do? The Cocodona. Nah. You won't do it, will you? Lame. I haven't even asked you because I figured you'd say that. What about, um, well, I mean, that would probably be a good one. The reality, yeah, I think it would be. The reality is I, I, I have come to the, I have come to terms with the fact that I am never going to be as fast as you, but I think I can outlast you. But. Not when we go at it again, No. But with the Cocodona race, your speed can come, could come into play. I mean, you could get a big enough lead oh, on me would. that I would never catch you. Correct. Yeah. So. Sounds like we'll never know. Well, you you won't do that race? Oh, I wouldn't say never. I don't plan on doing it next year. I'll pay your entry. <laughs> you plan on doing it next year? Yeah. You signed up? I'll sign up today. Well, we'll see. All right. Um. As far as housekeeping here at 37 Project, we have got, Chili has designed the best running hats that, I, that I've that i ever worn personally. And let me tell you, I am a hat snob. And a while back, I saw a hat and I said, daggone Chili, I'd like to have one of those hats. Well, next thing I turn around and Chili has designed us a running hat. And let me tell you, this thing is awesome. Y'all know how a lot of times when you have a running hat, when you go to run, it just kind of starts just drooping down on your head, and before you know it, you, you, it's too far low on your head, and you can't really see what you're doing. Well, this hat actually stays on my head where I want it to be while I'm running. I really like that. 
Another thing, this thing doesn't get all the the sweat lines and and it doesn't stink. Yeah, it just kind of gets soaked and then it dries up and it looks brand new again. And if you guys want a good running hat, go to 37project.com and get them while supplies last. You think it looks cool? Yeah, I think it looks really cool. You like the ventilation? Yeah. Well. I do. I like everything about it. A lot of people have, uh, I mean, not not a ton, but there's been people down the, you know, along the line say, man, I wish you, you know, I just can't run in the the trucker hats, you know, uh, that you sell. Um, the gray, the multicam, and the black. You know, we've got the trucker hats that we normally have always sold. Well, I wanted. Finally, we made something. So, if you're if you run and you follow us, you better buy one of these hats and wear it at your races. I've wanted a hat like this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be cool. So, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll start seeing them at races around the south and stuff. Yeah. The other thing I've designed this target here. I want to show you guys this target, new target that I've got. What do you think about it? Take a look at it. So I've designed a shooting target. So these are going to be to scale for, for you guys. Yeah, that'll be on a 25 by 36 inch piece of paper. Okay. So I know a lot of you guys that go out and shoot on the range. If you haven't had a, a lot of training, you go out to the range and you don't know what to really do. Like what to work on, right? It's hard unless you have a, a an instructor there, uh, somebody there to coach you through drills or tell you what to practice. It's hard for you to come up with what you need to work on. Well, we have built out an entire set of drills that have times attached standards uh, attached to the drill, and I've designed a shooting target that pairs with those drills. So... Now, you'll be able to purchase these targets when we get them on the website. They're being printed. Uh, and you'll be able to take this target to the range, and you'll be able to practice either the individual drills or you will be able to shoot through the entire standards test and total up your time and see if you're, and see if you're within the standards or not. I've set these standards at a place the time standards at a place where they're achievable. Um, there you're going to have to work on it to get, to get it. But everybody who you don't have to be some pro shooter to make these standards. All right. So that's the next thing. What do y'all think about that? Does it look good? I think it's a good idea. I think it's cool. I mean, I this think was also your idea. No, that wasn't my idea. Thank you for that idea. Chili. That wasn't my idea. You yes, de- it was. You developed a target. You told me I should make a target. No, that's a good idea. I mean, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because I think it. Uh, I think it's a big part of what you know what three of seven project is. That was that was not didn't have any anything to show. You know what I mean? And 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 really spread to people. Yeah. Now you do. So. Yeah. I think things can grow from that. And now we can compete against people. Whoever buys that target, since it's all standardized, we can all compete against each other. Yep. No matter where you are, we don't have to be on the range together. So, what do you like it, Krista? I think it's a great idea. I actually was talking to somebody recently about um, this person was going out on the range every now and then with some, some friends, and 
was literally saying, I wish I knew something specific to work on. Like I had a, a drill to do or something like that because they go out and they just shoot and it doesn't actually make them better. And so it's kind of like walking in the gym. You can show up at a gym and walk in there and just walk around, look at some machines and start doing piddling around, doing a few things, but you don't actually get stronger, faster, you know, develop skill by doing that. You, you need a typically need a program, you need goals, you need, you know, some metrics and so some instruction. And so I think it fits that well. I think it's probably needed by a lot of people. Mm. I think it is too. What, what do you, uh, I'll just, Blake, whatever, man. You're just sitting over there freaking pizzling your thumbs. Well, I think it's cool, man, because, listen, if you, there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast and watch on YouTube and, and whatever, and they, you know, they're, they shoot probably a little bit, maybe here and there, but they're not really practicing, really training, really trying to get better at it, and, well, they don't even know how to train. Well, that's exactly. So, you know, get a standardized target like this, and then not only is it giving you, okay, here's what you can work on, but it also allows you to compete with other people, and that's pretty cool. I'm hoping it'll inspire people to go to the range more. Yeah. So since they now have goals that they want to hit. so Oh, it's going to be big. It's going to be I big. I think it's going to change the, the whole shooting um the the whole shooting of shooting industry yeah I mean, yeah it's gonna revolutionize <laughs> and, and if y'all buy enough of these targets i'll tell you what i'll do I, i'll buy a piece of land if if i sell enough of these targets i'll buy a piece of land and i'll build us a massive range facility out there and we'll have a big shooting day out there all right um, so all of you go make your contribution once these come out. <laughs> they're not even, even if, on, they're not even for sale yet. <laughs> even if even if you don't shoot, just buy one so we can get that range set up for other people. <laughs> for the youth. Youths. Yeah. Well. Oh, well, let's see what Jocko sent me. <clears throat> what what were you gonna say, Blake? I was just gonna say good job on that target. You did really good. You coordinated with high tech. Just screw I mean, you, man. <laughs> perfect. Screw you. Let's see hey, what Jocko sent me. I'd um, be glad this ain't filmed. <laughs> Jocko, caught, Jocko sent us a message, or one of his oh. people did the other day. And uh, he the, joke, the, the joker said they was going to send us some energy drinks. So we said, well, yeah, we'll try the, the energy drinks. We like, I, I mean, I personally like Jocko's stuff. He's done very well. He's got his hands in a lot of different stuff. He does, he's got a great podcast. He's a well-spoken guy. I think he highlights some some stories that need to be told, and uh, I think he's a good representative for um, the military and leadership and all that good stuff. So he sent me this uh, energy drinks out here, and I thought, well, good <laughs> gosh, what in the world, son? Look at this, man. I want y'all. I'm gonna open this up. I haven't. I haven't even opened it yet. Yeah, that's quite the case. You talk about you talk about going over the top. I mean, look at this. <laughs> look at that, man. Blake, get that. Are you videoing this? Yeah. It's like get a gun that. case. Look at that, man. Look. If y'all are wondering why, how people do well and get ahead what well, this is it 
I mean, you, you tell somebody. He knows how to do it. You tell somebody you're going to send them an energy drink, and you send this thing out. Ah. It's pretty cool. It's over the top, man. Well, yeah, it's not a mystery why he's successful. So what this is for you guys that are listening, instead of just sending a couple of cases of energy drinks, they have got a pelican case, and the foam is custom cut, and he's fit these energy drinks in this pelican case, and it's got a T-shirt in it. It's got a jump rope in it. Look at that. I got a new jump. I've been wanting a daggone. Thank you, Jock. I've been wanting get, a, Now you can get those double unders. I have been wanting my own jump rope for years now. I've got one. And what we got what else we got in here? Some headbands. No, sweatbands. Okay. And we've got some of these real energy Jocko Go energy drinks. Now, are these some sort of is this some sort of unreleased flavor you ain't supposed to talk about? Or are these just No. Okay. I mean, I can't wait to try them. I'm not going to try them right now because I want to put them in the refrigerator and try them when they're cold. Um, All right. well, that but anyways, cool. this actually leads in to what to what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to attempt to talk about today. And I want to tell you guys a little story. I'll ch- tell it as respectfully as I possibly can. But um, there have been some... Uh, a while back, there were some people working out at my house, some contractors, essentially, doing a job. And, okay, they're they're doing their work and all, right? They, they, they're just doing their thing. They get done at the end of the day. And these people are performing a highly specialized skill um, for top dollar. And they're supposed to be the best in their industry. And there's two people in charge and a whole crew of workers. They do the thing. They leave for the day. I walk out in front of the house. The gate is standing wide open. There's cigarette butts strolled all over the ground. And there's trash laying everywhere. And it, it's, it was mind-boggling to me that anyone would, would have set a standard that low. Well, they don't have a standard. I mean, at it, that point. It, it was, it was I, I was racking my brain of, you're supposed to be... The, the 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 top of the the game in your industry and and this is your standard uh and so we actually call and confront them about it and say hey you know what well, we're, we'll give you we're gonna give you an opportunity to fix yourself hey you know there's cigarette butts all out here in the in the yard well, guess what the guess what the boss's response was to to us telling them there were cigarette butts left all out in the yard. Well, our guys don't smoke on site. Our guys that that wasn't those cigarette butts were there. Our guys don't smoke on site. Uh 
I literally walked out of my house and there were six Mexicans standing behind a box truck smoking cigarettes. I, I literally saw it. <laughs> but but their, their response was, our guys don't smoke on site. Um, the, 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 the gate thing? Look, guys, let me give y'all a little etiquette here. Uh, if, if somebody has a gate, do you think they put that gate there because they want to leave that space wide open or because they want to keep that space enclosed? Like, what's, what's the point of a gate, okay? Um, if you ever open a gate, close the freaking gate behind you. The gate is there for a reason. You are a, you are a straight turd if you leave a gate open. This is a pet peeve of mine. A pet peeve? <laughs> When I drive, when, when, when this gate out here That's somebody's at, pet the, peeve. at the end of the driveway stays open, it irks me. Even if I know it's open for a reason, when I drive through that gate, it, 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 just, it just bothers me that the gate's open. You are a turd if you don't shut a gate behind yourself, okay? Now, <clears throat> why am I having <clears throat> this discussion here? What? Why are we having this discussion? This is that. There's my story. Okay. Golly. There's my story. That was good. That put me in a good mood. <laughs> Somebody's pet peeve is you saying peeve. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, they can get over it. But uh, no, man, you're having this discussion because it bothers you, and um, it leads right into the low, low standards that everyone holds themselves to, and. That's probably not a good thing. That's that's how society devolves to the point where it is. Um, you know, the 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 reason though is there's no repercussions because you would think that a business that wants to stay in business and wants to not and wants to continuously get chosen for employment by people, you know, their contractors, right, would need to be better than their competition to continue to do that to continue to find work. Well, they don't. They don't have to be any better than that, uh, because the, the the next person you call will do the same thing. Yep. That's that's the reason that they do it. The only way to to fix low personal standards that you see in people is to have competition. Got to have a reason to not be lame. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'll say that one. It's not that they're holding themselves to a low standard. They actually don't have a standard. It, like their standard is not I'm going to leave six cigarette butts and not ten. Like they don't have a standard for leaving trash. And I have worked, I've had crews work for me on construction sites, and that's what they do. Like you can you can stand out if if you stood out there and said, hey, you you need to pick your trash up. They would do it. But regardless what you said or what you did, if you weren't there, they would leave trash. That's the construction industry, and that's, I mean, that is the culture around that. And, you know, I, part of it may be the culture, but part of it is also that I think a lot of people just don't understand the idea of a standard. Like, they don't know. that they, they truly don't. They're not, 
their standard is focused on the work they're providing. So whatever the people are doing, if they're, uh, if they're painters or if they're uh, whatever they're doing, then they probably have a standard for that painting. But aside from that, they don't have a standard for their life. It's just the skill that they're providing, not a standard for who they are and how I'm going to leave this place. You know, I thought about that. I thought about that because that was the same with these contractors. It was like they were supposed to provide the best possible service, okay? But here's the thing. I don't care how good of a job you can do if you're going to be a sloppy piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, no I, longer a great job then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Krista, what's the minimum standard? Well, I was just about to say, I think a lot of that falls on the leadership, whoever's in charge. So, yeah. you know, the, the man that you called or whoever you called to um, express your complaint, you know, just in his response yeah. shows something. These were females. Okay. Yeah. But, but that shows something in the response. But also that standard needs to be communicated and those expectations and that bar set by whoever's in charge. So... Some of that falls on the worker and the choices they're making. But if they haven't, a a vision hasn't been cast or expectations haven't been set, then that's on the leadership. That's on whoever's in charge, I think. Let's talk about leadership for a minute because that's that's also something I've been considering. If you guys don't know this, um, I, I am going through and have been for the last probably year, but but still every day, I'm unpacking my life. Because I have never been slowed down enough to unpack my life. And I've been thinking a lot about leadership and exactly to the point that you were just talking. Uh, In my first platoon in the SEAL teams, I was a brand new guy at the team. We were going through our pre-deployment workup, our ULT. And in a SEAL platoon, the platoon chief is the leader right the chief is basically the everyone looks to the chief um to hold that standard for the platoon right we had a really weak chief that finally toward the end of ult ended up getting fired okay now we have a platoon with no leader I'm a brand new guy, and this is something that needs to be unpacked at some point. The SEAL team, for some reason, could not muster another chief to lead our platoon. So we literally finished ULT and went on deployment with no leadership. Can you believe that? An organization like the SEAL teams could not muster a leader to lead a platoon. Okay? Now, I want to say, I made a pile of mistakes. And I want to take ownership for, right off the bat, every mistake that I made was ultimately my fault. Okay? But... The fact that we had zero leadership in that platoon and nobody could muster a leader 
when you say that, I gotta ask. I don't know the dynamics. Should should y'all have decided that one of y'all was gonna step up and be, or do, did you have that authority? <sighs> they so see. I don't know the dynamics. So I mean, if you don't have you, you have to have that title. Yeah. Like when you're a chief in the Navy, you wear these golden anchors. Your uniform is different. You it, it it's a it's held in high regard when you make chief, right? So it's like even if even if a guy that was say an E six, a senior E six, decided, okay, I'm gonna step up and and do the chief's job. If the chief isn't there, it's just not the same, man. It just can't. Maybe it could work, but yeah, it, it just couldn't work. All right. Uh yes, that platoon was a crap show. I'm talking about a, and I was, I went off the rails. One, because I was an immature kid. But two, because there was no leadership. Well, you were going somewhere with the story. You were saying that you should, you take responsibility, but. But I, I have to acknowledge, like, I learned, I learned the importance of leadership because of a very critical time in my life where there was zero leadership. And I made some of the biggest mistakes in my life during that time. And although I take ownership for those actions, I believe I could have avoided some of those big mistakes if there would have been a leader there. You're exactly right. Okay? Krista, you're exactly right. And so that's where I that's where I learned the importance of leadership. Is in the absence of leadership, I went freaking off the rails, dude. Well, there's the absence of leadership, but then there's also leadership can exist and be poor leadership. Yeah. So just because there's leadership doesn't mean it's good leadership. So oh, that's true. So I think that uh, the quality oh. of the leaders is important too. That's my second platoon. Okay. <laughs> we we had a chief. Yeah. But uh, but it was very very poor leadership, right? And that platoon was also a crap show, but not as big of a crap show. So poor leadership is better than no leadership, but it's still gonna be pretty messy and ugly. So I watched these leaders of this, uh, these contractors. Actually, I watch people because I I wanna I I like to watch the dynamics so once they're once their workers left i watched the leaders walk around the area they saw all that stuff they saw the trash laying there they saw the gate standing open they saw all this they got in their car and left um so yeah it was uh it was sad and it really irked me and so we're going to talk about what what is the Well, I wonder I wonder too if there's something culturally. I wonder if it always was this way because I tend to think that it wasn't. I'm making assumptions that it used to be that when people did um, jobs such as this that were considered service jobs that it actually was service. Like people had that mindset. Like I'm serving people through it's not just a transaction, but I actually take pride in my work. And I take pride in this relational transaction. I'm providing this for somebody. And 
I wonder if there's been a shift in that or some of that has been stripped away or there's a disconnect between the, I don't know, maybe it's because back in the day we had smaller communities. You knew the person maybe you were, you were working for, um, they knew you. And so maybe with things shifting in that area, it, it's, there's, it's created a disconnect between, um, between those things. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Like the idea of people not taking pride in their work and, and viewing it as a, a service to others. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, well, you know, there, there's something very interesting about that. Um, I'm, I was telling y'all earlier, I, I went to a school where we, we had to do uh, several service projects, we called them, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year. Um, m- many. I mean, I don't know how many it ended up being every year, but it was a lot. And it, the, what we would go do varied from, you know, going to sending different classes. So we'd spread out to, to different people's homes that, um, you know, their homes, their yards and everything were in disarray. And we could go do some work and clean, you know, clean up, do, do all this stuff um, to, to different uh, food shelters, to, to, to all, all kinds of stuff. And it's funny that Krista says that about service because... I would think that a bunch of lazy high schoolers would not really care about that, not really put in a lot of effort, not really take much pride in it. Just, I mean, we had to do it, but we were forced to, you know, the only way you get out of it is stay home sick. And then you, then if you did, you had to make, you had to do it on your own. I mean, it was, you know, we were held to a certain amount of service hours every So, um, but I would think that is what I'm getting at. I would think that you wouldn't, you know, it would be a crap show. Well, interestingly, I was, you know, I played basketball in high school, ran cross country, ran track, obviously paid attention to a lot of the other sports, was, you know, doing whatever. Gym class, people lazy as crap, man. You know, you're told to go do, run a mile, can't do it. Uh, you know, in practice, which by the way is voluntary. You're not forced to go play basketball. <laughs> you signed up for that. You know, you've got something to do. Ain't doing it. Uh, coach ain't looking, not running, whatever it was. But then when we go on these service projects, not everybody, of course, but I'm saying it was an interesting shift to where everybody seemed to like, all right, we're po- ponying up and we're going to work. You know, some people that wouldn't freaking do a <laughs> anything in practice, they would get out of everything. You'd see them freaking hauling 50 pounds of trash bags on their shoulders. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting that this is a service oriented thing and it brings out more in people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just an observation based on what yeah, Krista said. I think there's something to that relational connection yeah. and meaningfulness of, of that yeah. transaction. It's not yeah. just, I give you this skill or this product and you give me money done. And I think there's something about that relational transaction and when you view what you're doing as providing a service or helping somebody else that that changes how you perform. It I don't know. It changes what yeah. you do. I don't, know if what I, shift. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what I said made any sense, but, you know, and, and it also changed dramatically when you would see the person that you were helping. Sometimes, you know, you, you would maybe mm-hmm. go to a house and never see the person. Sometimes you would see the person that you're helping. That seemed to make a difference, too. It's very interesting, the psychology in, in that. Yeah. 
Well, you, you think that's in construction specifically or like, uh, oh, no, or, or just, just across the board? Yeah, I think any, generally. Yeah. I think the more fragmented and um, disconnected our society gets, I think that probably that's going to be a natural result. It's going to deteriorate toward that, uh, I would guess. I think so. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point. And I also think that there is some danger in uh, when you get really good at providing whatever the services that you are providing. Like, I think there's some danger in in the pride that comes along with that to where you can say, okay, whatever, man, I'm the best. Like, you just hired me to to cut your grass. I'm the best freaking grass cutter in the area. I'm going to cut your grass really nice. And there's some danger in that because you can start to let all the other stuff, the what what, what you would look at as minuscule stuff, like picking up your freaking cigarette butts or closing the gate behind you, you start to let all that crap slip because you think you're the best, right? Well, that'll backfire on you. Well, it almost goes back to what she says, where you feel like you're doing them a favor. Like, exactly. I'm the best in the air. I, if I'm cutting your grass, I'm doing you a favor. You know how many people want my service? Mm. Yeah. And you're getting it? I, I can leave trash out here because you're getting my service. That And that is unsustainable. Yeah. That is unsustainable. It, it, yeah. You have to be on guard against that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a grand opportunity here for us, right? There's a grand opportunity as we're talking about this. Uh, this is the reality, man. This is how people operate. And I don't know, like you said, Chris, I like to think it was different um, back way back when, when, you know, communities were tighter, people knew each other. I I, I don't know. I never had to have this mindset shift. I, I cut grass when I got out of the SEAL teams for a, a whole season. That's what I did. And, like, that was all, that was automatically my mindset was I'm providing a service for this person. And I am going to do this to the best of my poss- my my ability, right? So that's just, I guess that's why I'm so mind boggled by the way these people operate, by the way people in general operate and the low standards that they have, because that was my mindset. Well, I remember you talking about like when you would pull weeds, how people would look at you, you know, like, oh, look at this guy, this old yeah. guy here. And, and, you know, that's another cultural thing, too, that we have begun to view servants mm-hmm. as less than. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're out here pulling weeds. You must not be able to do anything with your life. You're you're pulling weeds in my funeral home or you're uh, you're doing, you know, you got to move this stuff around. You're a day laborer or you're you're just a servant like that's less than. Do you realize that you're everybody listening to this? Your entire existence is being upheld by the the blue collar working class. Your entire freaking existence, when you go down there to the grocery store, when you any when you go to the pump gas, anything that you have to have, it's all being upheld on the shoulders of a the blue collar working class of people yeah. that's the reality it's funny of it. you say that because the road i drive down to go back and forth to home and in different places 
all summer long, they've been doing some construction, some work there. I think they're laying pipe, but they've had like a, what do you call that thing? A, a ditch witch? Yeah. 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 That's been out there like constantly all summer. And it has been hot outside. And I was driving with one of my kids the other day and said, I can't imagine what it's like for them to be out there all day long. Like it's so hot, so humid here. <laughs> and they are, they're covered in mud, that Georgia red clay. And it's just cr- like, I just drive by and I think it's easy for people to, to look at that, like Blake said, and just look down on that. But I, I dri- drive by and I think how incredible, like the, the, the fortitude that these people have, the, the willingness to be out there. And the other day I was driving and I had just had this thought, it just smacked me in the face. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't like there, I was thinking about what they specifically we're doing we're laying this pipe and you know fixing all this plumbing stuff and i just thought like i turn on my faucet at my house every day and don't even think about Mm -hmm. where that water's coming from and i take it for granted and i think you know if something goes wrong like it gets shut off for 30 minutes you know oh my goodness yeah and 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 like chad just said if they weren't doing that and committed to doing that all summer long like we wouldn't, there are so many basic things we have that we don't even think about that are provided by workers like that. Yep. So I think that's a great point. Um, all right. I want to talk about the, the absolute, this is the, this is where the grand opportunity is for all of us here listening to this. Look, man, a lot of you guys, you, you may be doing something in terms of work, your career, that you don't enjoy, that you don't find enjoyment, fulfillment, or passion in, right? Okay. A lot of you guys may be in that situation. My question to you is, why do you continue on that path? Uh, because it is so easy to win right now it is so easy to win to do well at whatever it is that you enjoy doing whatever it is you want to do all right because your competition sucks so bad that literally if you want to start a business, if you want to, to, to begin a mission in doing, providing a service or providing a product or something that revolves around what you want to do, all you have to do to beat everyone around you is to uphold the minimum standard. Because no one else is doing it. The, literally, the minimum standard Okay, in the story I just told, if you're doing work, if you're working for someone at, say, their residence, right, the minimum standard is to leave that place as good as you found it. If you do that, you will be better than everyone else providing the service that you have chosen to provide. Just leave it as, just leave it like you found it. What the freaking crap, man? That's the minimum standard. Now, 
if you start a business and you actually leave something better than you found it, or you go above and beyond, that's why I showed this on the podcast, the thing that Jocko sent me. If you do crap like this, you will straight crush everyone. So you just bump it up just a little more. You know, if Jocko would have sent me a couple cases of energy drinks in the cases, we'd have, we'd have said, man, that's pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool. You do something like this, this is why this Joker is crushing everyone. It's because he's just went a little above and beyond the absolute minimum standard. It's that easy. It's that easy. You know, I said the other day, I said, you know, it's a miracle that 307 Project exists. <laughs> and I got to thinking about it. And I still want to give all the glory to God, but here's the thing. If we tell you that we're going to be somewhere at a certain time and we're going to provide a certain level of training, we do it. We're there when we say we're going to be there. We have everything there that we say we're going to have there and we provide the best possible training experience that we can possibly muster. We do it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm like, oh, okay. Starting to figure this out now. This has got something to do with why we've been able to impact people's lives and stay in business and make a living. It's because we at least, we always at least hit the minimum standard. And we do everything we can to go above and beyond that with the resources that we have. But we always at least hit the minimum standard. What a grand opportunity for you guys out there. You know, I got buddies. I got I got so I got so many, you know, friends that just stay in a rut with their career and they're just they're just working these jobs and crap that they just, they just, they find no fulfillment in it. They just are just, but they have these things that they're really passionate about. But they just stay in this freaking rut. And I'm like, dude, why are you staying in this freaking rut, man? It's so easy. Just leave things as good as you found. Just do what you say you're going to do. And leave things as good as you found it. And you're going to win. It's that freaking easy, man. Nobody's doing it. So that's why I presented this thing that Jocko sent me on this podcast. Because there's a prime example of going just a little above and beyond what someone's expectations are. I think a lot of it is um, long-term vision and short-term vision. Because in the short-term, Jocko could have said... Dang man, that uh, that's gonna cost me probably, what, fifty to a hundred dollars, <laughs> you know, more yeah. to put that together than had I just sent out some energy drinks, and that's what people are thinking. They're thinking, ah, let me pinch this penny here and this penny here, and I'll save money. But in the long term, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they're just hitting the minimum standard. Because he could have sent that out, and he could have been successful with it, but nobody's gonna say, "Gosh, can you?" 
look at what he sent me and then makes you want to tell other people about it and and your your um product is broadcast that much further because more people are talking about it because it made a made an impact you know and i think you know i just keep thinking of construction but like in you know in the situation where you were at depending on where you go some people also don't have a standard for themselves and they expect trash to be left everywhere or don't even realize that it's there because they do it themselves so maybe those people you don't impact but the people that know and say oh, crap man this guy cleaned up after himself, and his, his work might not have been quite as good, but at least he left this place nice. He's going to get all the business, you know? It kind of brings me to a question about leadership based on what the stories Chad told earlier. And I don't know how to say this correctly because I think the way I'm going to word it doesn't is not really conveying what I'm actually thinking. But, like, individuals have to be able to lead themselves. Yeah. And I don't quite mean that how it sounds, but I mean, like you, you can't always have to look for someone to tell you, Hey, don't put the cigarette butt on the ground. Yeah. Like you, you, there has to be, there's personal agency. There's, there's personal responsibility. There's individual ownership and decision-making that has to be made independent of, of in the absence of a leader has to be made independent of what anybody else, you know, no one's telling you what to do. You can't and, be a robot. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You're, yeah, I, I get it. I, yeah, but let me tell you how this works, Chili. So not everyone it naturally has the ability Well, clearly, to but that's a problem. So a, a true leader's job is to develop every one of his or her team members to that point right is to you you incentivize them you 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 teach them you you set the example for them right and they see that right so as a as a leader you like you should be thinking exactly in the terms that you're thinking chili as a leader you shouldn't be thinking okay it's my job to tell all these people what to do no it's my job to develop these people into the type of people that don't need to be told they can they have personal responsibility they become good leaders of themselves right but like me when i was a a young idiot in the SEAL platoon, I couldn't lead myself. Well, so what does one do without a leader? You you go off the freaking rails until you have someone come into your life that can mentor you. You had that. You had your father. You had, you've had that. That's why you're thinking this way, right? You've had someone in your life that has mentored you to this point that now you're a good leader of yourself. But until you have someone in your life that can develop you into that type of person, you don't... Not I, Some people maybe intuitively think like that. I know I didn't. Well, that's what I was getting at is what do you do if you don't have that? I mean, what do you, you know, that's what I was, that's why I asked the question because yeah, not everybody's afforded with parent. I mean, leadership, as far as receiving leadership, it starts when you're a baby from your parents. Yeah. Some people don't freaking have a mom or a dad. No. Uh, I mean, what do you do? What, 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 I mean, I, I don't, that's the result of why most people are in the way they are. It's poor leadership. It's, and it's difficult to know. Because I believe in personal agency, regardless of if you've had it modeled or not. I think we all have this innate 
sense of, I mean, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, I don't know, but it seems like there's personal agency involved with everybody. Like everybody has it written on their hearts. What's right or wrong in situations. I don't know the degree that's above my head, but you know, so how much do you, I mean, it helps when you have it modeled, but don't people know they know how to do this? But refuse uh, I, not to, I, I and it's it's made difficult by not having that example. It's made super challenging. Uh, I, I, I think, mean, what's the line I, there? I think there could be a case made for like the guys that threw the cigarette butts all on the ground, for instance. Yeah, like there can be a case made for like they legitimately don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, because they've never been told, hey, just because you throw cigarette butts in your yard. Like other people don't don't want that, right? So so like, I think there's a case to be made for that, right? And then for uh, another thing, uh, cultural things, right? So a a big problem with me not being able to lead myself and and have that personal responsibility as a young uh, young guy, you know, a young man in the SEAL teams is since there was no leader to set the example and to rein rein things in i got caught up into a lot of partying and drinking dude and it was a cultural thing right and that nearly freaking destroyed me dude yeah and it was getting caught up into a cultural thing and that's just a one example i thought you were going somewhere different with the cultural thing because when you said that word i thought that is something important to remember that some of these expectations that we have can be cultural. So we, it's to us, it's very clear. Like this is black and white. Like you should be doing this. You should be doing that. You know, you should always be closing the gate. And I I think it's, it is important to remember that people do grow up in different contexts and sometimes things are culturally appropriate or acceptable in certain places that aren't in others. And so I think a huge key to all of this is communication. So, so don't, freak out and and you know call somebody a turd because they're irritating you or annoying you or not you know meeting your standards those could be the right standards but also have some humility and say okay we may have we may see the world differently here we may you may have these expectations i may have these expectations so my responsibility then i'm saying you have this responsibility but i have responsibility too my responsibility is to communicate to you here's what I desire and this is what I expect and lay that out there. And now they know. And, and so I think a big piece of it is communication. So understanding, you know, not making assumptions about people, but also understanding this just might need to be communicated clearly. So does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, humans, we drive each other. The collective billions that have lived have driven humanity to the point that it's at because of competition you know if you we drive each other and the reason people do what they do is because they can get away with it yes you're right i mean so it feeds it's a negative feedback loop that just it perpetuates all this stuff if you ever if somebody somebody has to step out enough people have to step out and be above and beyond that standard that would quit that could quit happening totally yeah if enough people did that because the ones that refuse to 
clean up after themselves, whatever, would be driven out. Mm-hmm. That's technically possible. Mm-hmm. Now, it won't happen, but it's technically possible. So, I mean, that's... But but the, the ones that step out, what's the impetus to step out? You know, there has to be some impetus in somebody that in the absence of leadership, in the absence of being shown the right way, modeled the right way, they said, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to strive to be the best I can be regardless of how how little I could do and still get the job done. I'm going to step out and go above that, even though no one showed me how. Mm-hmm. No, one's, no one told me to. I don't have to to win, but I'm going to anyway. That's the answer. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the ones that do look apart, I mean, whether Jocko had someone, I mean, obviously at this point, yeah, but that was in him. You know what I mean? He's gotten to where he is because of ultimately him deciding to, to do everything he's done. And yeah. did he have a good home life growing up? I don't know. But whether he did or didn't, there's people that say he did. There's someone who's successful like him too who didn't. Mm-hmm. What drove them? There's something in people. I mean, I don't know, man. And I don't know how you make somebody without – the, the competition around them forcing them to, I don't know how you make them step out and say, I'm going to do the best I can on this. Well, I mean, there's tons of incentive. <laughs> I mean, if you talk about it in, from a career standpoint, I mean, what, what makes you want to step out and be that person, right? Well, I mean, to me, the, what the first incentive is the, the monetary. Well, why do people not do it? Do they not uh, think that there's the, in, well, the incentive th- that I, there is? I, I think it's because they can make enough to get by because there is no competition. They can make enough to get by just being a turd, right? But now there are people, David Parker. We've had David Parker on the podcast. Yeah, I've been thinking about him. David Parker is one of those guys who has stepped up and just went above, and he can do things. He's figured out how to do things at a high level that nobody else can do. And the dude's a multi, multi-millionaire. It's like, yeah, I think I think money is a, is a huge incentive. I think for us here, for me personally, having impact is the incentive that I have. So knowing that if our training is as good as we as a team can possibly make it, we're going to have the maximum impact on the people that we get to spend time with. Um, so you, you have to have a you're, – you're right. At some point, you have to have a desire to want to do as much as you can and possibly let me go, do. And let me go ahead and tell you one reason why not a lot of people – we were calling different things easy and hard and all this. Let me go ahead and tell you what's hard is doing your best at something. That actually is hard. Yeah. I, I can think about how many freaking things I've done in my life, how many races I've done, and I step back and go, did I give the best I could in that? Nope. Nope, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But you won, or you did really well, or you did this, or you did that. I still didn't give the best I could. And I can well, tangibly uh, point to ways that I didn't give the best that I could yeah, because I know where I lack. That goes back to the foundation of what you were saying earlier. A lot of the best you can do is dictated by what is your competition, man. Well, that's a that's a that's those two things are tied together, right? Well, the best you're willing to do is dictated yeah. by your competition. Yeah, I the mean, best that you can do is dictated by that's the deck of cards you have. Yeah, but your competition is going to drive you 
But you have the ability to do the best you can, whether you're being well, time, competing I mean, or not. There's times but, I didn't win and didn't give my best. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's and then giving you know, your best is hard. You think about like leading people and and incentivizing them to do this. I mean, you're dancing on the line of just manipulation. You have to get to the point to where people want to do that because it's who they are. Yeah, personal like, agency. Yeah, like okay, yeah, you're gonna pick up your trash because I said if you don't, you get fired. Well, then he's doing it. But, you know, it's good for the business, and the maybe the leader has figured out a way to manipulate his employees in order to do that. But I was like, talking about it more from the standpoint of the business owner, like you as the owner. Like, what's the incentive for you to develop this team to provide the best service? Like, it's well, it's like, your it's impact it's the same or thing. it's monetary. I mean, or, it's it, what you're in business for. If I mean, you've got yeah. a crew of people who are doing that, go fire them all right now. Yeah, or go tell them you you've got one more chance to do that to not do all that crap you're leaving, and or else you're fired. No one's going to do that because then who would they have to work for them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you no, can't you, do you that. You should look at yourself. Yeah. Instead of going and firing your crew, yeah, you should look at yourself and say, "Man, what? How can I set a better example for the? Okay, let me give yep. you guys. Let me give you guys an example. It should start there. You guys know the last the last month or so." Our team PTs, there have been mornings that I show up a few minutes late. I've, I looked at myself and I said, you know what? That's freaking bull crap, man. Like, I, 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 y'all see, I mean, I sit in this chair over here all alone because I'm the leader. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just but I uphold myself not because I'm anything special, not because I want you guys to. I want you guys to want to trust me and follow me. And I feel like Chili feels the same way. He wants us to trust him and follow him. We all have that. But I looked at myself as the leader that I am, and I said, that's freaking bull crap, man. And... Well, it's a little it's, thing. It's, it's easy literally to overlook. showing up two minutes late to a a team PT that we're all supposed to do. Like, but but it doesn't matter because we're, we we do, we do team PTs because we want to do them. It doesn't matter. But I just thought, yeah, man. So in, instead of instead of looking outward and saying, oh, we need to move these PTs a little later or, you know, oh, it just doesn't freaking matter. I said, no, man, I ain't doing that crap no more. Yeah, so... We, I'm gonna we're, put, we're, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to make these things at my house and I'll always be on time. <laughs> no, man, I, I, that, that's, just, that's just a simple example of something that we do where I was screwing up setting a poor example for my team and I looked at myself and said, that's a freaking poor example. So I'm going to fix myself. So we've been talking uh, about this topic in the context of, or the sphere of business uh, and, and all of that, those kinds of transactions. But I think a, a key to examining that is examining yourself or the person in other contexts, like who do you who do you show up as when you're at a restaurant and you've made a mess at the table? Do you 
do you treat that person coming in behind you to clean up the table? Oh. Do you just do you just say, well, that's just their job. My oh. kids just threw, you know, <laughs> broken chips all over the floor and whatever, whatever. I'm just going to leave. Or do you, I, I have this habit uh, of wiping, cleaning everything up and stacking all the, the bowls and the trash and kind of a, a neat little pile and kind of wiping the table if there's like water on it or whatever. That's just something I do, but... But that kind of thing is that mentality of, I'm aware somebody's coming in this after me, and I'm going to make, it is their job, but I'm going to make their job as easy as possible. And, and, and so it's just those little things in life, like what you were just saying about showing up on time, yep. because it's out of consideration for others. And a lot of it, this is out of consideration for others. And so a good question is, what, how do I show up in other areas of life? And a lot of the people listening to this podcast don't own businesses. Don't. It's not specifically applicable to them in those ways, but it is applicable to everybody. Having a standard, being considerate of others, leaving things better than you found them. And so I think examining yourself in that way can be extremely helpful because chances are when you recognize what's going on there that'll explain how you show up in business in these other areas in relationships oh, yeah. with people it is applicable you to everybody so right because everybody works for somebody everybody interacts with people everybody has and, a life and that's what i was getting at earlier with like it what i was saying is that's a tool to motivate your team by modeling it not not uh manipulating them and say let me give you more money to pick up your trash just model it and you pick up trash when you're around them and show that that's important to you and who you are. And I guarantee you a lot of the people in your business are going to start doing the same thing. They're going to say, oh, Chad didn't have to tell me it's important to be on time because I seen he used to not be on time and now he's on time. I better start being on time. If it's important to him, it's going to be important to me. So you gain respect and you model it. And I think that goes a lot further than saying, let me give you an extra dollar an hour. I want you to start picking up your cigarette butts or whatever it is. Because at that point, they're doing it for money. That's the key. Yeah. And, and they, when they go home, they're, they're the same person they've always been. They're just doing it at your business. You, you, I think you should try to impact people on a personal level that they become that person even when they're not working for you in a business situation. And if you are, are the employee, you should do it at home just like at work. And that's how you stand out. That's how you get promoted. That's how you have job security. People pay attention to that stuff. Well, you heard the boss's response when you asked that question about the trash and everything. Oh, our guys don't do that. Dude, they're blissfully unaware. They've probably yeah. never told their crew to not do that. Zero ownership. They have no idea if they do it or don't. I mean, you, it's... You know what the answer should have been? It, whether those cigarette butts were theirs or not, oh, okay, we'll come pick those up tomorrow. That, 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 there's no, there, I mean, yeah. And, and back to Chris's point, yes, it has to become who you are. How, I got a long driveway, right? And I go up and down that driveway every day, usually on foot. And I, how many times, I can't tell you how many times I've walked by a little piece of, trash or a little something there on the driveway and i'll actually walk by it and make a conscious decision not to pick it up because it doesn't matter and i'll get about 10 steps past it and it just drives me insane 
and I'll turn around and go back and pick it up just to build that muscle memory into who I am, right? But it's a constant battle. Yeah. Well, guys, this is a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you got something out of it, uh, share it with someone that would also get something out of it. We depend on you guys to uh, shout these podcasts out and help grow uh, the podcast because we don't do any sort of paid advertising or anything. So uh, we want to get this out to as many people as can benefit to benefit from it as we possibly can. And we're only there's only a few of us. There's a bunch of you guys. So we would appreciate it if you share the show. And um, thank all you guys for supporting the podcast on Patreon. It means a tremendous amount to us. And uh, you guys carry uh, you guys carry the show from week to week through your contributions. So if you want to join us on Patreon, check it out. Uh, we'll attach a link to the show notes in this episode. And uh, we do a live call on there three Sundays a month where Chili refuses to teach. Um, and also Krista refuses to teach. But me and Blake will be on there for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. Enough said. <laughs>